greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Wrestling's podcasting feed, part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. I'm your host, of course, JP John Paz. And on the Hogan Era podcast today, we're going to be focusing in on one of the all-time greats, one of the biggest legends in the history of the business, the 
Honky Tonk Man, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Now, when you talk about the Hogan era, of course, if you're familiar with the show, you know we're talking about from 1984 to 1993 in the WWF, a.k.a. the Golden Era of Wrestling, a.k.a. how Vince McMahon became a billionaire thanks to the immortal Hulk Hogan and the immense drawing power that was from the Hulkster. Every week here on the show, we're talking about a lot of big moments and basically a lot of gigantic feuds going on for the Hulkster. And all those gigantic feuds obviously equaled a ton of money and was a huge success for the WWE, maybe unmatched. Steve Austin came close and that was pretty much it. But look at the longevity of the Hulkster and the Hogan era and compare it to Austin. It's really nothing. I mean, it, Austin had half the run that the Hulkster had during his Hogan era, during this golden era of wrestling, just to put it in perspective out there for everyone. So with Hogan, of course, biggest star of all time, the biggest moneymaker of all time, the biggest draw of all time. What do you need to go against him? Great opponents and great heels. They were at really no shortage in the Hogan era with guys that could go and guys that were great heels and great foils for the Hulkster. If you think about the Hogan era, and think about all the guys, and we've talked about a lot of them so far. I think mean, we were on episode 24, so we talked about 23 pretty damn good ones. And we've got some more, well, many, many more in the can that we haven't even talked about yet, which is just crazy. And two really, really big ones that weren't discussed yet, but will be discussed on future episodes. So think about this. So you got Rowdy Roddy Piper. You got the Macho Man Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy. Earthquake eventually, Zeus eventually, Sid, Ric Flair. I mean, whew, the list goes on and on and on. We're talking about Harley Race, talking about Bad News Brown, talking about Terry Funk. All these guys drew tremendous amount of money with the Hulkster, and they all played a great role opposite of the Hulkster. This week, talking about the Honky Tonk Man, it wasn't a long feud. It wasn't a prolonged feud, but they had some big matches and some real cornerstone matches, and they really did pop up in big places, big venues, very important. You know, in 87, they'd have maybe one or two matches, and then 88, in 89, but they're all in big spots, big venues. One of those things where it's like, okay, we need to draw a big house. We need to draw a big card. Hogan's definitely the main eventer on the bill, but who can we put out there that the fans would love to see, whether it be, oh, we're afraid Hogan's going to lose, or we want to see Hogan kick this guy's ass and him finally get shut up for good. And Honky Tonk Man kind of fits the ladder there, but it was just perfect because he's such a great heel with such a big heel with such a big force that when Hulkster fought him, there was immediate interest in the match and they were selling out. And they had some huge matches, of course, and nice main event, which we'll get into. Big match in East, East Rutherford, New Jersey, which was a big venue for them. And, of course, Chicago, Illinois, which was a gigantic venue for them. So let's start out talking about Honky Tonk Man before he became the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. He makes his debut 9-16-1986 on the Superstars of Wrestling number 5, Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, defeating Ron Shaw in about three minutes. Then from there, he really just... It beats a bunch of you know job guys and he's kind of moving along but he almost immediately starts a feud with macho man randy savage and he gets into a bunch of intercontinental title shots against macho man in ohio and pittsburgh in canada of course he's brother for new jersey lowell mass landover maryland philly on the prism network a lot of these matches are going to be 
either Honky Tonk winning by countout, Honky Tonk winning by DQ, or Macho Man winning by countout. So they're keeping the feud going, keeping it strong, but Honky Tonk isn't losing. And if he is losing, he's not losing clean. And it's a kind of a schmaz or a count out or a DQ, and they're moving on. And Savage obviously isn't losing clean at this point because he's still the Intercontinental Champion. So as you're kind of going through 1986 and into 1987, Honky Tonk Man just keeps getting win after win after win, defeating SD Jones, Corporal Kirshner, Scott McGee, all names you shouldn't recognize, Junkyard Dog, Siva Afi, Coco Beware. I mean, he's getting some pretty good names. They're not high on the card here, but they're very strong mid-carders and guys that have a name have a gimmick and the guys were very recognizable with the crowd so you're getting wins over these guys and it's getting pretty over so really his first match against hogan and it's a big one it is a gigantic tag team match dark match taping in the main event at the brendan burn arena in east rutherford new jersey superstars taping number 21 the dark match main event hulk hogan and ricky the dragon steamboat defeat macho man randy savage and the honky tonk man by DQ in about 11 minutes. I mean, whew, that's one five eighty seven. I mean, that is a gigantic tag match. Imagine going to the show, and I wish I went because I'm right there. It's my my home base, my backyard. But man, imagine that one. Holy moly, what a what a great tag match! And Hogan and Steamboat didn't team often, and obviously Savage and Honky Tonk Man didn't. And just to kind of make the point before. They're teaming now when they feuded before. That was because Honky Tonk, when he originally came in, they had him as a baby face. And then right after the Macho Man matches and where Macho Man was a heel, they decided to turn Honky heel as well. So very interesting stuff there because it's like, wow, Honky Tonk Man is a baby face? Like, that would never work in a million years. And they kind of saw it right away and they noticed it. And Vince noticed it. It's his baby. It's his gimmick. Vince created the Honky Tonk Man, the Elvis impersonator with, you know, obviously times 10. He's just this. You know, guy that's yeah, hate, hateful gimmick. You just hate this guy. He's so annoying. It's like, he can't be a baby face. Vince and Pat Patterson realized that right away. And it's like, okay, let's turn this guy heel and really get him over. And man, they did. So as you're going along, Davy Boy Smith, the Junkyard Dog, and Tito Santana defeated the Hart Foundation and Honky Tonk Man at a Wrestling Challenge 22 dark match the next day after that great Hogan tag match. So Really interesting and cool matches where you kind of go back and like, man, I wish I saw these matches. Wish I either went to the show, wish they were on tape somewhere because there's some really random ass matches with some awesome guys that are probably great and like really, really cool. Just to mention this, there's a random house show in Columbus, Ohio, but Macho Man and the Honky Tonk Man defeat George Steele and Ricky Steamboat by DQ. So just another kind of random match there. Pretty damn cool. But as we go through 1987, Honky Tonk Man again beating. Coco Beware beating S.D. Jones, beating Pedro Morales in 1987. Pretty crazy. Defeating JYD again. And then obviously he's getting a bunch of TV wins. There's a big match on 2-23-1987 from MSG, Madison Square Garden. Honky Tonk Man again defeats the legendary Pedro Morales in 12 minutes. Real kind of passing of the torch there where obviously Pedro Morales, longtime WWE champion, or the really WWF champion, Intercontinental champion, such long range, very good draw, big time legend. New York is his home away from home, obviously. MSG is, is, is kind of where he really made a big name for himself. Putting Honky Tonk Man over on him there is a big kind of step in, in the direction of saying Honky Tonk Man is our guy going forward, and we really want to give this young guy a push. So that definitely worked. And just a quick side note, my dad used to sell insurance 
to Pedro Morales. So Morales lived not too far from us in New Jersey. And back in the day, in the 80s, when my dad was selling insurance, sold to Pedro Morales. And it was pretty amazing. I didn't really learn that until a little bit later. But, man, I wish he got some autographs and stuff because that's uh, absolutely amazing. He was saying maybe that's not the thing to do if you're his insurance agent really shouldn't be doing that. So, But I said, go for it anyway. You should have gotten it. But anyway, I digress because as we move forward in 1987, the honky-tonk man is going to become quite the force. He doesn't really lose too much. I mean, we will go to a superstar taping on 3-10-1987. He defeats Lanny Poffo, then a wrestling challenge taping. The next day, he beats Siva Afi. So, I mean, he, and then the next day after that, he's beating George Steele on a house show. So, I mean, he's just winning and winning and winning. He's just really, really dominating. There's a pretty cool house show match from Chicago. Harley Race, Paul Ondorf, and the Honky Tonk Man versus George Steele, Jake Roberts, and the Crusher. Then it goes to a double DQ. There's an elimination match from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jake Martell and the Crusher defeat Adrian Adonis, Harley Race, and Honky Tonk Man. It's just really kind of uh, interesting, kind of cool random matches. I know I love that stuff. I just think that that's absolutely great. Now, as far as Hogan and the Honky Tonk Man, there is a Battle Royal Saturday Night's Main Event number 10 from the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. That's on 2-21-87. Hercules ends up winning that one. Hogan and HTM are both in that. There's a house show match from the excuse me, McNichols Arena in Denver, Colorado on 3-16-1987. Hogan and the Crusher random team. Wow. Defeats Kamala and the Honky Tonk Man. Wow. Another, I just love that. Random match is so cool. So different. You probably never expect to see it, but man, it's out there. And that's some really, really good stuff. So his really big feud here, Honky Tonk Man, is set up Jake the Snake Roberts, as everyone remembers. He attacks Jake the Snake on the snake pit, leaves him laying with the guitar shot. Jake Roberts was saying he was pretty damn stiff with that guitar shot. Honky Tonk Man says otherwise. But needless to say, it leads to a huge match at WrestleMania 3, 3 1987 Bigger, better, better from Pontiac Silverdome and Pontiac, Michigan. The Honky Tonk Man ends up defeating Jake Roberts in seven minutes. Jake gets a little bit of a comeuppance afterwards as he uh, is able to beat up Honky with his friend Alice Cooper as Jim, excuse me, Jimmy Hart uh, runs away and Honky Tonk Man kind of escaped. But Honky Tonk, huge win on a huge stage. And it kind of sets the tone of like, all right, I guess this guy is going to be here for a while. And I guess he's going to be getting a big, big push. There's a great dark match, a part of the WrestleMania excuse me, well, really it's WrestleMania Aftermath, but it's the Wrestling Challenge 37 taping in New Haven, Connecticut. Hulk Hogan, Jake Roberts, and Tito Santana defeat Butch Reed, Harley Race, and the Honky Tonk Man. Wow, that just sounds like another awesome match. There's another match on 427-87, not involving the Hulkster, but just a random elimination match from Columbus, Ohio. Billy Jack Haynes, Jake Roberts, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeat Hercules, Macho Man, and HTM. I was like, wow, that's a pretty damn cool match so it's just interesting to note here that ken patera is about to get a bit of a push here and they're kind of using the honky tonk man to help him out because there's several house shows and there's several big matches involving these two and ken patera keeps defeating the honky tonk man he's kind of safe because he's always able to get his heat back and he's always able to be that heel where it's like he loses but he doesn't lose credibility in the eyes of the fans so it's one of those things where he may be losing some on the house show he even loses on msg by dq 
on the MSG network, 518, 87 to Ken Batera as Ken Batera continues his kind of a big push, but DQ doesn't really hurt him too much. And it, it's one of those things where Honky Tonk Man is not really going to get hurt by a loss because he's such a strong character. On 6 2 1987, part of the WF Superstars 42 taping, this is the dark match main event in Buffalo, New York. Hulk Hogan and Coco Beware defeat Kamala and the Honky Tonk Man in about 14 minutes and 30 seconds. That's a great random match that I'd love to see. Really, really cool stuff there. Here's a shocker. We go to Superstars taping number 40, which is taped on the same day. So Honky Tonk Man is in the main event that night for the dark match main event. But as far as the actual taping itself, there's a few different Superstars tapings. So he defeats Dave Stoudemire in 24 seconds. And that's just one of the Superstars tapings because they taped three. Then the third one, like I mentioned, was Hogan and Coco defeating Kamala and Honky Tonk Man, Dark Bench main event. The first part of the taping, and this was really shocking at the time, WBF Intercontinental Championship match. The Honky Tonk Man defeats Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Very good match, but it's only about four minutes or so. It's a short match, and he wins the Intercontinental title, setting up his IC title reign, which was the longest Intercontinental title reign of all time, and possibly the greatest intercontinental title reign of all time. I rank it as the greatest, and I rank him as the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. I just thought, wow, what a run, especially during the Hogan era, especially during that period, to be able to hold the title belt for that long is pretty damn impressive. If you think about it, too, it's like, who was going to beat him for the title? Beefcake, they were giving a big push, but not going to happen. I mean, there's a couple other guys that kind of came in and out that you're thinking, okay, maybe rumored that it was going to be Macho Man again, like that he was going to hold it, but uh, it's just one of those things where it wasn't going to happen. I mean, Honky Tonk Man had a stranglehold over that title for 454 days, the longest reigning IC champion of all time, and I don't think there was uh, a guy that was going to really beat him or should have beat him for the title. I mean, he had some matches with Hillbilly Jim, and obviously he had like kind of a little mini feud with Bruno Martino, which really helped him get over. He kind of continued a little bit of a feud with Jake Roberts, Coco Beware, Junkyard Dog, but he was never going to relinquish the title. I thought that was great because you got to keep the title belt strong. And I mean, especially during this period, they did a great job of this and not throwing the title around. Guys would have long reigns and they would really make the title important and they would really make the title mean something. There was a big house show in the Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri, where Macho Man Randy Savage defeats Honky Tonk Man by DQ. So Honky Tonk Man retains the Intercontinental title. It's just interesting that they did a couple of these shows, even in Houston, Texas, where Mr. T was the guest referee. So really kind of great stuff. I loved it. There's a gigantic rematch for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, 822-1987 from the MSG Network in MSG at in New York City. The Honky Tonk Man defeats Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in about 11 minutes, 30 seconds. It was a lumberjack match. So even Steamboat wasn't going to win back the title. As everyone should know, Steamboat basically was saying, you know, I wanted to spend some time with my family, and that was the absolute kiss of death. Vince wants you on the road. Vince needs you 100% of the time. You can't kind of give Vince any excuse, even though that's a pretty damn valid one. It's one of those things where, guess what? You're the IC champ. I just had you beat Macho Man at WrestleMania 3. We need you. 
So, boom, he changes directions immediately. Not immediately, but almost immediately. And he gives Honky Tonk the Man the title. And he goes 454 days. So, kind of stinks for Steamboat's reign, but it looked awesome on the Honky Tonk Man. And that was quite a shocking win. Obviously, he does cheat, puts his foot on the rope, and kind of helps himself win. But, man, what a shocking win. And a pretty damn good match with him and Steamboat. Let's go to 6-5, 1987. Continue the Hogan feud here. A huge main event, sold-out show, the Rosemont Horizon, Rosemont, Illinois, of course, this is Chicago. Hulk Hogan defends his World Wrestling Federation title and defeats Honky Tonk Man in 7 minutes and 37 seconds. This was not a title versus title match, but this was a champion versus champion match, which was a huge draw and an awesome, awesome main event for Chicago. There's a dark match, a two-on-three handicap match that happens on 1-5-1988. The Mega Powers, Hogan and Savage, defeat the Hart Foundation, Brett and, and uh, the Anvil, and the Honky Tonk Man in about six minutes. This was the main event dark match, a part of the Superstar 72 taping in Huntsville, Alabama. There is an intercontinental title match here in 2-18-1988 as, of course, the title, the world title is vacated and it will be put up in the WrestleMania 4 tournament. Hulk Hogan defeats the Honky Tonk Man by DQ in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Brendan Byrne Arena, part of a huge main event and a sold-out show in New Jersey in 88. Pretty damn cool that Hogan's going for the IC title. Obviously, he doesn't win the title, but he does win the match. They're both a part of the big Royal Rumble 1989, the Summit, Houston, Texas, of course, won by Big John Studd. And then I think the big match that everybody remembers, 7-18-1989, Saturday's main event, number 22, Worcester Mass at the Worcester Centrum. Hulk Hogan, defending the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, defeats the Honky Tonk Man in a match that goes over six minutes. Great match there. Pretty cool stuff. And, of course, Honky Tonk Man gets a big main event on Saturday night's main event, which drew pretty damn well. They're both, of course, a part of the 1990 Royal Rumble, which was in the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida. Hulk Hogan, of course, won that one. And the last match that they'd ever have together was a tag match, part of WWF Saturday night's main event number 28 at the Toledo Sports Arena in Toledo, Ohio. Hulk Hogan and Tugboat defeat Rhythm and Blues, which is, of course, Honky Tonk Man, and Greg the Hammer Valentine. This is by DQ. The match goes seven minutes and 14 seconds. Really good stuff here. It's it's a minimal feud. It's a small feud, but they had some big matches. The match in New Jersey, the big match in Chicago, and obviously the big match on Saturday night's main event. Honky Tonk Man always treated like a star. Hogan was always pulling for him. Hogan was always kind of giving him that big push. There's a lot of kind of things that Honky Tonk Man says, loves the Hulkster, but he was saying about Macho Man that, they really wanted Macho Man to win the IC title back. Honky Tonk Man didn't want to lose it back to him. Honky Tonk Man didn't have a problem losing because we know that he eventually loses in, in New Jersey in SummerSlam 88 in a quick one and gets Ultimate Warrior over. I mean, he really got him over to that next level. This guy was the champion for 454 days and then goes in and basically gets squashed and the crowd goes nuts for Warrior. So he really did play a huge part in getting over the Ultimate Warrior. What a great heel. What a great worker. What a great asset. Over like Rover, cut a promo, knew his character. I mean, he was just on fire. The perfect heel in that era, Honky Tuck Man. I just think he absolutely ruled with him. And and as the story goes, they wanted to, they supposedly wanted to give DiBiase the world title at WrestleMania eight. They wanted to give, excuse me, at WrestleMania four. They wanted to give Savage the IC title, and Honky Tuck Man was going to lose. Honky Tuck Man didn't want to lose the IC title, Savage. Savage 
didn't want to lose to Honky. They go to the tournament. Savage wins the world title, and they create the million-dollar belt for DiBiase. So everybody was happy, supposedly. Honky with the IC title, Savage with the world title, and DiBiase, not the world champion, but he's the million-dollar champion, so he can proclaim to be the world champion in his own sense. Don't know if that's necessarily true because if you look at the booking and you look at the way things are going with the mega powers and the way they set it up, I don't think they were going backwards and giving Savage the icy title. I think they were only going forward with him, giving him the big push, giving him the world title. I don't think DiBiase winning the tournament at WrestleMania 4 is the way that they booked WrestleManias. They usually put baby faces on top. Usually baby faces went over for WrestleMania. That didn't change for about 16 years after that. So I don't think that story is true. Maybe Honky Tonk Man thought it was true, but I definitely 100% do not think that that was true at all. I think 100% it was booked the way it was supposed to go. And I do think that Honky was always going to re- remain IC champ. And I think that Savage was always going to be the World Wrestling Federation champion after WrestleMania 4. So if you think about what's going on in wrestling and you, at this point and you think about it, Honky Tonk Man is a huge star. And he wasn't going to be in WWF for a cup of coffee. He's going to be there for a long time. He actually ends up leaving WWF in 1990, 12, 16, 1990 was his last match during the Hogan era. The Bushwhackers and the Hart Foundation defeat Power and Glory and Rhythm and Blues at a house show at the Brenda Burn Arena of all places in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And that was his last match until 98. He was part of the Royal Rumble in 98. And then, of course, he was part of the 2001 Royal Rumble as well. But as far as the Hogan era, last match was in 1990. So started in 86, ended in 90. Pretty good run for the Honky Tonk Man and a pretty damn good small feud, house show feud, and then Saturday Night Main Event feud for the Hulkster. So let's wrap it up. Let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com and of course Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week for the Hogan Era Podcast. See you next. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. Will Hulk Hogan successfully defend the World Wrestling Federation Championship here tonight before this capacity crowd? The Honky Tonk Man, the number one contender, on his way to the square circle, and you can bet he is prepared. Well, what I want to know, McMahon, is what's Hogan's favorite music? Because you can bet Honky's going to try to play it for him personally with his own guitar. Yeah, we know all about the guitar, all right. We saw some of that bit of action earlier on. The Honky Tonk Man hoping to be the greatest World Wrestling Federation champion of all time. But speaking of that accolade, let's take you to the man who holds that ranking right now, to the Hulkster. Well, Holster, it doesn't take a suspicious buy to believe that the honky-tonk man of the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, will resort to any tactic to capture that World Wrestling Federation title from you. With all the things that are going on in your life right now, the big movie, No Holds Barred, 
your ongoing feud with the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and now Zeus. And, of course, your new tag team partner, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. The big match coming up in SummerSlam with all those things, Hulk. How can you concentrate on tonight's match? Well, you know me, Gene. This is just the way I like it, brother. I like all these things going on. Ever since I won the WWF Championship belt, it's been no holds barred all through the WWF. The World Wrestling Federation Championship is my number one priority. I will never forget that. My Hulkamaniacs will never forget it. And I want to make darn sure that you, mean Gene, you never forget that. I never will, Hulkster. I promise you that. But getting back to tonight's match with the Honky Tonk Man. He is a former Intercontinental Champion. He knows how to compete at the highest levels. His wrestling skills are well known, and I've got to believe he's in the best shape of his life. Your thoughts? Well, I hope he's in the best shape of his life, Mean Gene. That's what the WWF Championship is all about. Fighting top contenders all over the world, brother. Honky Tonk Man, you were a champion at one time. You know what it's all about. And I know with you, your guitar, and Colonel Jimmy Hart, you're going to do everything in your power to steal this belt. But with me and all my Hulkamaniacs watching my back, I'm going to leave the ring with a WWF Championship around my waist. I got to go, Mean Gene. I'm all fired up. All right, I, for one, am a believer. When a Hulkster is fired up, somebody's going to get scorched. And that somebody could be in the ring right now. The Hulky Tonk Man awaiting the presence of the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Here he comes, here comes the Hulkster. Here comes the Hulkster, but don't forget the Hulky Tonk Man did hold that Intercontinental title for a very long time. And he is very capable of an upset, McMahon. Hogan is the favorite, but I've seen stranger things happen before. The Hulkster with piles of the pump, piles of tennis capacity and crowd. The Hulkamaniacs, look out, watch out, fucking talk, man, there, look at Tyler, you saw that, Jesse, going right after Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but he missed, that don't mean nothing. He's still looking in his hand. Hogan's oh. taking it outside the ring here, right at the start, what and I can't believe the referee rings the bell when both contestants are outside the ring. Jimmy Hart jumping on the back of Hulk Hogan. Meanwhile, the Hulky Dog Man still has the guitar in his hand. What's the Hulkster doing? What a gutsy move by Jimmy to save his wrestler. Imagine being outweighed three times the body weight, yet Jimmy jumps in there and puts him. maneuver on the part of Jimmy Hart. Puts himself on the back of Hulk Hogan. Watch out, here comes the Hulky Dog Man with the guitar. Jimmy Hart smooshed back in the quick out there, the Hulky Dog Man. The Hulkster taking care of business right now, hammering the Honky Tonk Man. Right hand after right hand. And I'll say this, this match literally exploded from the opening gun. Honky Tonk Man into the turnbuckle. Now over close to us, the Hulkster all over him. And why not? The Hulkster was attacked by the Honky Tonk Man actually before the battle began with the guitar. Luckily for the Hulkster, he missed. But the Hulkster now is on target. Hogan's going for the quick win. I can't believe he hasn't even taken his T-shirt off yet, McMahon. Hulkster winds up with a hard right hand. Around us, right misses. Hogan Tonk Man up and the knee to the spot. Oh, yeah. a vicious atomic drop, and you can see the effects on the Hulky Tonk Man. And another vicious right hand. Hogan's without a doubt going for the quick win. Hulkster almost having to defend himself from the very off. Look at that. Elbow into the sternum area once again. The Honky Tonk Man is on the canvas. And now, take a look at this. 300 plus pounds of this man who's really put together. Literally shredding that t-shirt into pieces. And 
right now he's bringing Jimmy Hart into the ring, trying to hang over the hooky top man. The referee obviously here in this matchup allowing a lot of latitude as far as the bending of the rules is concerned. Noggin knocker, oh yeah. You gotta give Jimmy Hart credit though, McMahon, for getting so actively involved in his wrestler's match. Illegally actively involved. Legal, illegal, what's the difference? The difference here is I brought out earlier on. We're not seeing a whole heck of a lot of wrestling here. The Hockey Dog Man from the very start resorting to desperate tactics, attempting to use the guitar on the Hulkster. Hockey Dog Man, look at the Jimmy Hart to the number head. Oh, I loved it. The referee was looking at the Hockey Dog Man, didn't see it, McMahon. And you can't call what you hear, you can only call what you see. Jimmy Hart just leveled Hulk Hogan in the back of the head in the back. You don't think Hogan had it coming with all the abuse he'd given Jimmy in the first couple minutes? Had it coming? How dare you, Jesse? I dare do anything, McMahon. Hockey Dog Man coming out, ramming, double axe down into the back of Hulk Hogan. And now the tide has turned in the matchup. It's in Hockey's favor now. He's got the advantage. I smell an upset, McMahon. Honky Tonk Man back through the ropes now. And the Honky Tonk Man continues the attack on the back. Hogan's back definitely softened up after that song that Jimmy Hart played on him a little while earlier. Honky Tonk Man just hammering down now. Perhaps Honky Tonk Man sensing victory rams the knee into the spinal area. And again, you have to admit, McMahon, this would be a major upset, a major upset if Honky pulls it off. And now, Honky Dog Man, leaning back as hard as he can, applying yet more pressure to the neck and the back of Hulk Hogan. Vicious right in, right in the Hulkster's face is Jimmy Hart. Vicious chin lock there by the Honky Dog Man, putting that pressure on the lower back as well as the neck. Wait a minute, though. Hulk Hogan trying to power out of this. Hulkster has his feet underneath him. I can't believe it. Honky Dog Man is down in the back. The pressure's relieved from the back of Hulk Hogan. And... Oh, yeah. Wow, head first right into that buckle. However, maneuver on the part of the Hulkster. And an extremely powerful maneuver. Oh, oh, close line, and they both go down. Honky Dog Man connecting on the left side of the Hulkster's head and neck. That was almost a desperation move there by the Honky Dog Man. He had to do something to get the match back in his hands. Here it comes, Jesse. I think we're going to see the shake, rattle, and roll. We the patented hold here of the Honky Tonk Man. We can see a new champion here if he hooks it. He has it cinched up. There's a shake. There's a rattle. And a roll. It could be over. Hogan's right. out. Hogan is out. The Honky Tonk Man. Cover him, Honky. What's he doing? Gloating and being able to apply his oh. hold on the Hulkster. The shake, rattle, and roll. Cover him, Honky. Cover him. Get the win. Is that what he said? He what said he knew idiot. He said he knew if he got the shake right away, he'd knock him out. And the Hulkster kicks out. He waited too long. Hulky Hogan getting himself up. Look at this. Psyching himself up now back to his feet. The Hulkster is up. Hogan Dog Man's punches have nothing behind him now. Uh -uh. Not anymore. Hulky I think the Hulkster's going to take over. Hulky let him off the hook, McMahon. If he'd have gone for the quick cover, it's all Hogan again. It's Hogan with the adrenaline. The, the big foot out to the floor. 
The honky tonk man in trouble. The host are going out after him now. Look out, there's Jimmy Hart. Look at him go.